Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 426 being recorded on November 22nd, 2016, the day before American Thanksgiving. I'm Ryan Schrapp. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. That was a little too hot, Jeremy. And also, it's two days before Thanksgiving. You're right. And I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Valentano. Josh, you're breaking the fourth wall. This yeah, goes out g- tomorrow. We're going to release it tomorrow on the day before Thanksgiving. Whatever. Which well, happened like a month now, ago anyways. You know so. Wow. What was that? that was, somebody was loud there. Uh, well, 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 we'll fix it as we go. So um, uh, it, we are recording this on a Tuesday, not a Wednesday. So I apologize if people are getting this in their feed and they're like, uh, you know, annoyed that they wanted to have the regular show on Swerve Wednesday night. off the road when they hear I know. podcast come on. <laughs> if just, if Who is just, this Ryan guy? For some guy? reason you have PC Perspective Podcast on autoplay immediately <laughs> upon download. I don't think that's a setting in any podcatcher I've ever seen. But It's the one I'm working on. It's only it, PC Perspective Podcast. Yes. It doesn't matter that. where you're at, what you're doing. You could be in the middle of a board meeting and it's going to turn on speaker full volume and play that damn podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, I really just wanted like – there was a chance we weren't going to have a podcast at all this week because Wednesday night I have a, a an annual card party. We don't normally do one on the day before Thanksgiving. But I was afraid people would think I was dead. Yeah. Uh, because I haven't been on the last two podcasts. And I think I was on the one before that but not on the one before that. So I've been I've been missing a lot. And I wanted to assure people that I was still here. Depending on I mean, how You're much- totally not Mark Zuckerberg in makeup. Yeah. No. Depending on how much Westworld the audience has been watching, they might not believe that. Yep. Uh, please, no spoilers. Don't spoil it. Robots. Thank you. There are no robots. I think robots. it's a world about the West. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised you, you didn't turn to Alan and say, I wouldn't really say I was missing work. Yeah, mm. cliche now. Come Over. on, office space. No, I know. I know. I, ah. the, that reference I get. I'm just not sure it's funny anymore, Josh. Probably not. You know, like Especially if, coming if you, from me. If you just said, ah, I think I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday, maybe that's a little bit more topical sure i don't know um so we have a couple of things we'll talk about even though it was a short week and then we have uh some q a that we'll get into and we'll maybe banter with the chat room a little bit will you please stop we're doing a show it's, it's i'm mouse. sorry that you can't charge your batteries on time or no, get anything working mouse ain't working oh. uh <laughs> touch the screen that's yeah good point you do have a touch screen laptop um so uh, a quick reminder, subscribe to our mailing list here at PCPro.com slash subscribe. If you were subscribed to it, you would have known 10 hours beforehand that we were doing a podcast on the wrong day. Yeah. Yeah. Some people uh, contacted me and said, uh, did I miss Tuesday altogether? Is it now Wednesday? Yeah. And, and we told and them yes. yes. I wish. Did, yeah. You should have told them yes. And yeah, just yeah, really, really drive the idea home. Uh, so PCPro.com, just subscribe. It asks for your name and your email address. We send you notifications when we do live streams, uh, this being the, the primary outlet for it. And, of course, we still have our uh, Patreon campaign running, patreon.com slash PCPer. Um, I was not here the last two weeks, so I don't know if you guys probably didn't have the ability to read. Nope. New pledges as they came in, or updated increased pledges as they came and in. So for the next that, twenty minutes, if that occurs, <laughs> you're going to catch up. Yeah, if that occurs <laughs> during this recording, I'll say your name. I'll, you know, if you want to wish somebody a, a happy Thanksgiving, specifically on the show, this is your this is your in for that, right? Yeah, it's uh, and it's also a way to support us directly. If you enjoy the content we do, um, uh, if you really think, you know. Alan needs a new T-shirt to wear on the show or something. I don't know. This is an awesome T-shirt. That's a new T-shirt. What yeah. is what is it? It's from uh, the, the uh, James Crash and Test Adam Team? Unleashed. 
Is that their I, live thing? Yeah. I went to the Mythbusters live thing like last year or something. Where was it at? Here. Oh, I didn't know they did one. Yeah, it was in Cincy. I didn't get invited. I just, I was lucky I got invited. I, I didn't get invited. Might have been in Cincy. I don't remember where the hell it was. Son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, Sorry. so uh, Patreon. <laughs> don't forget about that. Um, let's just jump into it. We've got a couple of quick things we'll mention. Um, uh, the first being from Maury. This is the Gigabyte. Uh, I believe it's the X170X Ultrata. 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 Altera. One of those. Or, no, wait, hold on. According to this, it's the Gigabyte Z170X Ultra Uh gaming motherboard. And this is a motherboard that is all about red lights. There are a lot of red lights. Are there four lights? Are there four? No, there's five. No, you don't, you don't get that. No, joke. no, I do only because yeah. I've never seen whatever the hell you're referencing. But I know you guys have brought up the four red lights. <laughs> no, nope, there are five. It was lights. not red. It was just probably four twenty lights. times on the mm-hmm. on the show. Um, so twenty one. Twenty one now. Yes. Yeah. Can we bring Jeremy's volume down just a little bit on your side, Ken? He's like super hot. It's, it's like yeah, it's super hot in our ears. If not on the, on I know the it's going to seem low on the on the mixer. Yeah, but that's because we were boosting him so much in the compressor. Uh, this is one of Gigabyte's like pretty high end products. Uh, what's the MSRP on this guy? It's like uh, I think I want to say it's like three ninety nine or something like that. Um, feature set wise, you're you're getting a lot out of it. Um, Two SATA three. No, let's see. Hold on, we're right here. Two SATA. You're getting Express some ports. dim slots. You're, you're getting, getting some PCI Express <laughs> slots. Uh-huh. Or, or you eighteen screws. You, yeah, there's there's nine screw holes. We can count them. One, <laughs> two. <laughs> these these this is all good stuff. You guys keep it up. Uh, I. I let me scroll through. Here we go. This is the page. Thunderbolt 3. <laughs> I needed to find the page Derailed. with the information. Yes, very much so. Uh, Thunderbolt 3, uh, USB 3.1 with Type-C, uh, courtesy of the Intel chipset there. Um, you have PD 2.0 100-watt support, which is a charging standard. So it, those Thunderbolt 3 ports, the Type-C ports, will be able to charge up to 100 watts. So if you hook oh, cool. a laptop up to it, um, like that HP Spectre that we'll talk about in a little bit yeah. that I have. It will, in theory, be able to charge up to that if the it, laptop supports I think it supplies it. like 12 volts. Yes. That's how it accomplishes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, NVMe, let's see, we got PCIe Gen 3x4, M.2 interface, and U.2 interface. Um, so uh, in terms of like storage and connectivity options, high-quality uh, metal shielding, audio caps, ultra-durable technology. It's not the same-looking motherboard without all the red lights on. No, it's not. It looks a little... Boring. So yeah. the lights are only red. Uh, They're not RGBs. That would be my understanding. Okay. Yeah, there are only red. There they, are no Gs. There are no Bs. <laughs> only Rs. Okay. Yes. They've got um, some of the uh, extra reinforced PCI slots. PCIe slots. Yeah. This is one of those things that I often wonder, was this really a problem before? I don't think so. I've, only... I've cracked a few. You have? Okay. Yes. Were you picking up your system and shaking it violently, maybe? <laughs> what does that no, have to do with no, it? No, no, no. But it was like uh, I was leaning in to plug in a, a card, and I kind of slipped, and it and it rotated down and just crack. Oh, well, I mean, you know, if you have an open test bed and the card is not connected to anything, like with no bracket at the rear, then yeah. I would imagine it's pretty easy or to... Or if you leave a card locked and try to yank it out, well, that'd probably do it. But that's a different... Yeah. Like, I've had those snap off, and that's just the tab... Like the lock no, tab will could, snap. But off. you could pull. I can see how you could pull the PCIe slot you out. Could yank the slot out that way. Could you, Ken? I've never. Probably. Done it. Oh, you said you sounded like this was something no. that you had I've done before. I've seen it on oh, the okay. internet. 
Why don't oh, you okay. demonstrate for That's us? True. I'm getting a notification on my other laptop here about Microsoft Edge being safer than Chrome. Uh, it blocks 13% more socially engineered malware. Click here to learn more. And it's Unless faster. it's from Microsoft. You know, oh, there is a way God. to turn those ads off. Was that a Patreon subscription? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, if Microsoft wants to be a patron, that's fine from, with that. Stephen uh, Tons of connectivity on this motherboard. Uh, even the dim slots look like they have that kind of reinforcement in there. And that, that I would say... Oh, there's eh. this surface mount dim slots Gigabyte uses sometimes? Uh, where's the picture of the back of the board? Maybe. I'm sure I missed it. Um, this is a more review, so it has the giant... Uh, here's what a giant cooler looks like on this, this uh, motherboard. Um, he goes through integrated device testing, a little bit of benchmarks. Our motherboard benchmarks are fum- somewhat minimal just because of that. But if you want to see detailed analysis of what the UEFI features and capabilities are, bundled applications, he has all that in this review. Uh, he goes through overclocking, got it up to 4.6 gigahertz on the CPU speed and 4.5 on the ring clock. Um, memory speeds uh, up to 3.46 gigahertz. On, no, no, I'll up to 3.2 on this, so a little bit lower than what we've seen on, on a couple of other motherboards there in terms of memory clock speed. I lied. This is not an expensive motherboard. This is 159 That's not bad. That's really Pretty good. Bad. Oh, that's less than I thought it was. For all the you know, M.2, U.2 capability and all, that's... R, G, R, The R, the LED, which chipset is it again? Z170X. I actually had to think about it now since Ken. Well, I can kind of see why it's the less expensive board. If you look at the uh, the power, the the yeah, the power array, it's uh, mm. not as robust as you see in higher end products. Sure. Yeah, you can see the MOSFETs there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. That's true. It did get a silver award. The we- the strengths being stock performance, aesthetics, layout, design, price, obviously being a big one. Um, Weaknesses, lack of RGB LEDs, so only R well, LEDs. I don't know that that's a weakness. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Um, a little bit lower on the overseas performance and odd surface mounting for SATA ports 4 and 5, um, kind of in the bottom right-hand corner down there. So hmm. uh, check out that review if uh, you're on the lookout for a motherboard for upgrading your system uh, from Gigabyte. G1 Gaming Series is pretty good. And then uh, I do want to touch on this as well. Who loves glass? G-L-A-S-S. That's a lot of glass. Uh, this is Sebastian posted a review of the... Sebastian's glassware. The Corsair Crystal Series 570X tempered glass case review. And I think pretty much this whole case is like glass. Huh. Uh, well, except for the metal bits, but, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, the frame. Somebody should make a... Like a case with the, you know, the screws. Oh, well, we've seen the, the acrylic ones. Together. Yeah, like our test bed over there is all acrylic, and then there's screws that connect the pieces yeah, of but acrylic. but I'm talking tempered glass. Somebody should make one just like out of tempered glass. Eh, that sounds all like a bad idea, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why not. Don't over-tighten the screw. Yeah, do not over-tighten screws. Uh, it ends poorly. That, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, look at, look at some of these photos. Not only are they amazing photography from our, our good friend Sebastian over there. Look at that. If he had put oh, a fog, unbelievable. if he put a fog machine in this a little bit to kind of give it that yeah a smoky look, you almost doesn't need it. Uh, maybe guess what he just bought on in the background. You guys wow. both can't talk at the same time. It's very I, it's very unfortunate. I said and maybe play some Laura Branigan in the background. <laughs> sure. Uh, so the Crystal 570X. So actually, Corsair launched three cases on the same day because 
Corsair makes a thousand cases sure. now. Now they make a thousand and three. Uh, the 570X, we got all three of them, but we only had time to get one review out on launch day. We focused on this one uh, because Sebastian said it was the most unique, kind of the most different from the, everything else they've built. Four yeah. tempered glass panels on the sides of the case, uh, possibly the most beautiful case Corsair has ever made. Uh, customizable lighting. What's that you curved get, piece on the f- top there? Is that the plastic piece or? Is, uh, I don't know yet. But it's separate from the glass, though. So you have a, you know, there's a yeah, pistol, magic uh, wand yes. holder. I mean, that Ooh. almost is like all glass. Look like, look at that thing. That's pretty that's, serious. Like that's pretty cool looking. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, what else? Are the clean here. You got room for virtually anything. Customizable lighting. Cable management made simple. Easy to clean um, with dust filters. Now, I am curious. Like, if there's a glass panel on the back, this is one of those cases where you can't hide your messy cabling. Necessarily, right? If you, Sebastian if you, doesn't have to worry it, it about that. It doesn't. No, that's true. He doesn't. Yeah. So there, you can see the top, Alan, where the top tempered glass, and there's like a piece oh, of black piece plastic. Of, okay. Uh, that that kind of fills yeah. in the gap there. You can see that they've got a nice kind of like yeah routed out section for not routed, but you know, looks like it is uh, for all the buttons and connectivity. Uh, and the buttons control your lighting. Oh, huh. do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can uh, screw around with the. I'm trying to remember it. It was like intensity, uh, frequency, and pulsing. Effects. Oh, so all the lighting stuff is just built into the case then. Like the case mm-hmm. has its own lighting. In other but words. it has no fan controller, just a lighting controller. Well, most people are using motherboards for that. I would wager yeah. at this point. But uh, I, I will say like the back of it stands out as it's being just, not – like but, the rest of it, but it's the you know, you know it's the thing that's usually up against the wall. Anyway, I know, right? So yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Uh, let's see. Let's take a look inside. It's, it's kind of hard to make a, a rear glass panel that PCI slots can like. <laughs> Why not? It's kind of involved. <laughs> I mean, just cut holes in. Uh, I guess I mean, whatever. Look at that manicure. Oh, he yes, he's oh oh man. You want to talk about a man who takes care of his hands, Josh? After you, all glass panels are suspended from rubberized mounts at each corner, secured with cushioned thumb screws. Good, good, good. Uh, You can see how thick the glass is there. That's pretty thick. Yep. Removable fan filters, even behind some of the glass panels. Uh, Kind of a a modular, like enclosed area for your power supply there, helping keep things neat and tidy. Uh, it may be kind of dampening down the noise of that. I, I'd imagine glass is not a good insulator for sound. Sound. Well, and all the corners no. are open, so no, it's it a, doesn't it really bounces. I mean, it, I mean, it should reduce the sound somewhat, as opposed to having nothing. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Ace Ventura when he used you know scream behind the sliding door? <laughs> I believe that was pretty good glass, though. I don't that know if they're. I don't know if this is double paned. No, it's not because it ends up at the top of his noise level chart. Ah, you can see uh, the mother like in terms of spacing, not a lot of room below the motherboard. There, sure, right? Like if you're trying to do quad SLI or something in that, don't don't actually just don't in general, but also don't in this case. And it's a little crowded up top too. So in terms of vertical height, it's not a whole lot, but you do have a lot of width uh, out the front back. In order to, you can see he's got like a double fan there. Really. Sorry. Really? Did you just snort on your keyboard by chance? That's a weird hard drive placement, but Almost. cool. Yeah, yeah. I would want to see if Josh is going to do a spit take. I want to see it on video, please. No. 
No, it's, it's we've beer. always got it. We've up. always got recordings going. So, so yeah. Obviously, Sebastian goes through all of the uh, mounting options and capabilities of it. Runs through some testing here. Here it is, and kind of a completed build style Naked. with no glass on. Yeah, and there, of course, yes, you're right. Actually, Sebastian does not need. They did know. a good job. This this column here to the left on the left side of the back there mm-hmm. um, does a good job hiding the cables. That's true. Uh, yep. There's something I haven't really actually seen before, so that's that's pretty yeah. Cool I think they're one of the first to actually do that. A channel, neat. if you will. That's neat. That's neat. So as long nice. as you have, as long as all the cables are long enough, that's the problem, right? Is when you start to run things through channels, or or like we have cables running behind everything. If you want to try to like put it through, what do you call it? Like not duct. How, would uh, you just stop grommets? No, like the plastic uh, cable wire collectors. Blue? Rail. Loom. Loom. Thank you. Yeah. Loom. Oh, okay. Cable wire collectors. Got cable it. wire things that mash them all together. Loom. That's that'll work. Uh, that if you know if you have cables that aren't long enough, you have to cut them out early, and it kind of ruins the effect. Uh, Performance-wise, Jeremy, you mentioned this CPU temp's pretty good, but noise not. I guess. Yeah, you got to scrape scrolling, but uh, temps are right and smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Uh, for both, which isn't too bad, but the noise, yeah. Noise at the top. So glass apparently not a very good sound insulator. Hmm. Glass with open corners at all edges, perhaps not ideal for that. So still pretty quiet. And look look at that photo. Look at that ending, concluding photo. Wow. Epic. I I lied. That's actually the ending photo. Uh, But a gold award from Sebastian. It is 200 and... um, uh, Sebastian was guessing at 249 when he first looked at it, but it's actually going to be 179. We, wow. don't, we don't get the pricing information until the end, so uh, that's pretty good. Um, so check that out. All right. The last story is Cabby Lake. Yeah, You guys remember that thing? That's a thing? It's a thing. The Long- thing you need I've never Netflix heard anything about it. No one's talking about oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That thing you need for Netflix, yeah. Right. Mm. We'll talk about that at, at, that'll at, be a different, at that'll the be end of this discussion. So Cabby Lake is Intel's seventh generation core processor uh we've talked about it before it is the it is the optimized of tiktok optimized there's no longer a tiktok pattern right this is still on 14 nanometer and it's still the same architecture they've just tweaked things it's a little bit third step in the waltz yes mm-hmm. yeah uh that they, that they changed up and i think pretty much everybody upon hearing this and, and kind of getting the idf refresher of like here's what cabby lake is Came away at the conclusion that there's going to be very little difference between the 6th and the 7th gen in that whatever, move on with your life type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got identical systems, almost identical systems from HP. One, uh, an HP Spectre with 6th gen and one with, 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 one with Skylake and one with Cabby Lake. Uh, and the only difference being uh, those platform implementations. There's a couple of other minor things, but, but fairly minor. So I was able to do like apples to apples comparison, something that I had been wanting to do um, since they first started kind of releasing Cabby Lake notebooks. And keep in mind that all the discussions we have here about Cabby Lake today uh, are in reference only to the mobile platform, the dual-core 15-watt um, systems that are out and shipping now, right? Because the uh, desktop parts, when they come out in 2017, are going to be very different. Uh, and the potential advantages or you know not advantages uh, on the desktop side versus Skylake will be determined then, right? So one of the things that uh, – so first thing I do want to point out that the the new system, the new HP Spectre X360 uh, that uses Cabby Lake is a really, really nice-looking laptop. It's uh, – uh, 
Uh, got a 13.3 inch 1080p IPS LED backlit screen. It's pretty. It's all pretty thin. Uh, it has one USB Type A, two USB Type C slash Thunderbolt three uh, ports on it that it uses. You can use them either one for charging type of thing. Um, the keyboard is great. The trackpad is great. The screen looks fantastic. Uh, it's super light and thin. Um, and it is kind of goes through. It's it's a convertible, so it goes through the yoga ish type styles where you can fold it back on itself for a tablet or or you know do the tent mode, whatever they call it here uh, in HP world. Um, and so it's actually a pretty impressive thing. This is not a review of this laptop. We'll we'll do more on this uh, as the time permits. But it's definitely better than the HP Spectre that existed last year in terms of its style. Although I think a lot of people will think that the connectivity of last year's model is better. Last year has you can see here a DisplayPort and HDMI and three USB Type A ports. So in terms of out of the box connectivity, it's going to be a little bit different. But that's I, not a big card reader on the side, is it? Uh, there is a card reader on the old one that is not on the new one. That is also okay. a change. Yes, correct. Good. Yeah. So I think we can let those go now. I don't know. I I don't know. As somebody who goes out to shows and takes pictures on an SD card, it's uh, nice right. to be able to plug it in. But again, not a review of this laptop yet. But everything is kind of going in that direction. Yeah. So I don't know what we can do at this point to fight against it. Um, in terms of differences between the Core i7-7500U and the Core i7-6500U, Kaby Lake versus Skylake, here's where you're at in specifications. They're both 14 nanometer, although Intel calls it 14 nanometer plus on the, on the Kaby Lake parts, saying that they spent a lot of time uh, optimizing and kind of finding areas where they could tweak design with process on that architecture. Because there are no IPC architectural changes to the CPU, right? You get the same... Uh, instructions per clock that you got on Skylake that you now have with Kaby Lake. The difference is they're able, they're able to get clocks higher. So like uh, comparing the two parts, Kaby Lake is 200 megahertz higher on the base clock and 400 megahertz higher on the boost clock. So that's significant. 400 megahertz out of it at the same 15 watt TDP level. Yeah. And uh, they say that the graphics, even though it's you know it's 520 to 620, the same number of execution units. Um, that the average clock speed of the GPU will also be higher uh, than it was on Skylake. Just because it's more power efficient. And it more power have, efficient, yeah. Doesn't have to clock back Correct. as often. Yeah. So, you know, what I kind of went into this is what, what does that actually translate to? 400 megahertz should be useful. They also uh, improved their speed shift implementation. Speed shift being that tech where essentially its goal was to get the processor to its top clock speed as fast as possible. It actually took control away of speed steps uh, from the operating system and gave it to the processor itself. Yep. Um, and now that's integrated in Windows 10. You don't have to have any special drivers or anything to, to fix that. In Kaby Lake, they've made it so it's a little bit better. Um, it still initial, initiates at the same time, but it actually will jump all the way up to its top speed quicker yeah. than uh, even Skylake. Does. Cool. So, and and I think when you look at some of these performance metrics here, like here's Sysmark 2014. It's kind of it's 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 it says 2014, so it's an older benchmark, but it is still probably the most widely used by OEMs and system integrators and, and huge enterprise businesses when they're deciding what machines to buy for their companies and all that type of stuff. And they have productivity, media creation, and, and data, financial analysis, tests, and all of it. Um, and in general, it's about. 10 to 16% faster, Kaby Lake is, compared to Skylake. And I think what you're seeing is a lot of those workloads um, are bursty, which is not really a word, but I use it all the time in this article. They're, we use they're, it. They're bursty, right? So it's get a whole bunch of stuff done and then wait. Yeah. 
Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait, right? So it's like opening yeah. up an application, uh, running a macro in Excel, yeah. you know, some kind of something like that. Yeah, so most of the time your system's sitting there idle. Yeah. You know, even if you're sitting there working on a document or something like that, it's your system's idle for a lot of that time. Correct. Right? But every time you go to do something, hit a key. Right. The CPU has to, for a split second, like right. come out of that blow. So the idea state. of uh, uh, speed shift getting it up faster. Mm-hmm. Josh, go ahead and laugh if you want. Nope. I'm not falling for that piece of bait. Uh, getting the clock speed up faster and having that clock speed be 400 megahertz higher yeah. will equate to better performance, right? And you can see that there. So there's our Sysmark result. Uh, you can see our web expert result as well is probably about 20, was it 20% faster? Um, and those are applications that are like general performance. You know, they kind of are meant to show uh, consumer workloads in a semi realistic fashion. I expected those results to kind of be where they were at. What I wasn't really sure I would find is some of our normal benchmarks that are log form benchmarks that are running not for bursty workloads, but for long form workloads, we still saw advantages on Cabby Lake compared to Skylake. For example, Pavre, classic multi-threaded rendering workload. Um, there's an 18% performance improvement from Skylake to Cabby Lake. That's significant, right? Uh, if you look at Blender, uh, this is um, you know another rendering application, open source, very popular, and these are in minutes. So, um, <laughs> oh god, yeah, exactly. The gooseberry—that's one frame of a of a movie, a three D rendered movie. It took two hundred ninety minutes to render on Skylake. It took two hundred fifty four minutes on Cabby Lake. Now, let's be honest. That's you fine. would never render this movie on your laptop. Obviously, you should not do that thing. Because um, it would never finish. <laughs> it would never finish. But in terms of – like if you go to Blender's website and you say, what are your example workloads? Here, and they say, here are the ones we use for benchmarks. Run these. Here's how you do it. Share the data type sure. of thing. So this is what we were running here. And so you're looking at you know 11 to 12% performance improvements in that on Cabby Lake. So again, another instance. X264 uh, media encoding, right? Uh, and pass one, you actually see a huge 21% increase. And then in pass two – you're only seeing about a 10% improvement. Pass one is kind of a setup pass where it kind of determines what parts are similar in the file so that it can reorganize it. And then pass two actually kind of goes through it and encodes it. So hence the, the differences there. Part one seems a little bit more of that bursty type of, of stuff. And then in gaming, you know, if you look at Skydiver, if you look at uh, – we did Rocket League and Overwatch here. Again, this is running at 720p at pretty low settings. So this is, again, yeah. not telling you that, hey, integrated graphics is good enough. You don't need discrete, blah, blah, blah. If you're sure. a gamer, that's not the case. Um, but we saw anywhere from 12 to 30% performance improvements. So you won't be weeping when you play it. So that's I just mean, uh, probably will still. You'll be weeping less, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's just, you know, higher clocks that it's able to sustain within its power slash heat envelope. Yeah, and, you know. and if you look at Overwatch, like that 30% gap was surprising to me. I reran the test many times to, to figure out if that was accurate, and it was repeatable, if nothing else. And I checked driver revisions and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Overwatch may just be a game that depends as much on the CPU as it does on the GPU, yeah, so it's kind of doubling up on its frequency improvement, and you know, yeah, gets a gets an extra advantage there. So, is is there a benchmark yet for code injection? <laughs> no, no, because that that seems important, especially with all the other words you've been banding about this evening. I mean, I can make you a. Well, yeah, no, we'll get the no. semen on it. <laughs> yeah. As long as they don't have to be in the same room. <laughs> oh man! Um, 
I, I did. I, I was a We talked about speed shift, but I do want to show this graph. So this is the difference between Cabby Lake and Sky Lake in uh, speed shift. The red line is Sky Lake. The blue line is Cabby Lake. So you can see they both begin their jump up in frequency at about the five millisecond mark. Does Cabby Lake have a higher idle? Uh, slightly, yes, okay. by about 200 megahertz, I think. Okay, which um, also is helpful if it can also stay, Yeah, if it's doing some things. If it can stay low power, but, mm-hmm. you know. Still be 200 megahertz faster. Yeah. So you can see, like, the red line, it jumps up pretty high. You're at, like, 2.7 gigahertz very quickly, but it takes until about 16, 17 milliseconds to get up to its full speed, 3.1. It probably has to negotiate with the kernel and do some other stuff. Well, that's, I mean, it's still... It's still hardware level speed sure. shift, but there's, I, there's probably some negotiation after yeah, the after There's the other first stuff step. happening. I don't I don't yeah. to be fair, I don't actually know what's going on. But you can see in the graph, like clearly Cabby Lake kind of just straight jumps up to its three point five and stays there. Yeah. Right. So that's where you get this kind of combined performance advantage. Uh, and then the final page here looks at battery life. Again, this was a surprise to me. Almost two hours of difference between the Skylake and the Cavi Lake system. And that is with Which, uh, very similar battery sizes, 56 watt hours versus 57.9 watt Is that hours. just our regular battery tested? That's our Wi-Fi it's battery basically test. basically web surfing. Web surfing yeah. uh, on Wi-Fi cool. uh, at 180 lux screen brightness, right? That Everything is a significant normalized. difference in battery life. It is. It is. Um, and it's, again, bursty workloads. Yeah, getting done faster. You load up a page, you scroll, you scroll. You know those types of things. There's a lot of waiting involved in in the Wi-Fi battery test. And same screen on both of those. Same 1080p IPS screen. I don't know if it's identical screen. Mm-hmm. Again, to be fair, um, but same specifications. Um, and then the other, the only feature addition, not the only, but one of the most important feature additions in Cabulate that will we can talk about the the whole Netflix thing here as well is the inclusion of 10-bit. HEVC, H.265, decode, and encode acceleration. And so um, this content is still new, but it is growing. Like you get companies like Netflix and Amazon talking about 4K HEVC. This is a CPU utilization graph comparing playing a 20 megabit file, not even like a 100 megabit file, 20 megabit, 4K, 24 frames per second, um, HEVC file back. Is that like 400%? difference there well it's you're looking at 10 percent yeah nine to ten percent CPU utilization on cabby lake versus yeah. 45 to 50 on sky lake and the difference is is there is a hardware decode unit oh. in cabby lake that mm. did not exist in the uh the, the media block of sky lake specifically for 10-bit hevc is that what that's what uh, i think it, it covers all of it yeah eight and ten okay. um but i think the 10-bit is what might be the new part so now you know, again, this is still something that's coming into it. But if you look at VP9, VP9 has an acceleration block in Cabby Lake that doesn't have is does not exist in Skylake, and that's a Google push standard, I think. Right? That's what their their 4K, you know, high quality HDR all that stuff is going to be based sure. on VP9. And I think based on Intel's testing, I didn't test it uh, that the CPU utilization gap is actually wider for VP9. So if you're talking about like watching video on your laptop. That's going to be a huge difference. So are these uh, are these on the CPU side or the GPU side inside the CPU? Like what? Um, technically, know? technically, it's on the GPU side, but it's a separate media block. Okay. Right. So if you're asking, like, if you have a discrete GPU, that's what I was trying to figure out. I like, think it would still use the the Intel based part. It may come down to what application you're using, right? As well. Uh, but you know, f- for the most part, the types of machines we're talking about here don't have to worry about yeah. that type of stuff. So. Um, that's kind of the summary. Go check out the the story if you want more details on the on the benchmarks and all that. I I 
I said it several times in review. I was very surprised by the results. I wasn't expecting it to be um, an improvement across the board yeah. uh, like it was. And as much of an improvement. Yeah, yeah. In some areas, it was surprisingly, it was surprisingly high. Um, but for I me, mean, I, good, I did, right? even for like, notebooks, which I knew, which is where, you know, even on paper, the Cabby Lake advantage would be for notebooks, not necessarily for desktop. Um, I didn't really think much of it. I wasn't like, oh, if you have a Skylake or if you're looking to buy a Skylake, wait to buy a Cabby Lake version of that machine. But now I would say that. Like if you haven't bought a machine yet and you're like, oh, I'm really interested in the XPS 13 or, or the HP Spectre X360 here, um, I would wait and find the Cabby Lake that you'd like as opposed to maybe settling for a $100, $200 discount on, on Skylake. If only because of the, you know, like the battery life is a huge thing for me. Um, I mean, unless you're a really huge fan of running around an airport trying to find a plug so that you can charge your laptop before the five and a plus hour flight. Right. That's true. In which case, stick with Skylake. But Abby uh, <laughs> Lake, 10 hours? You're laughing. I, it's that's, that's impressive. 10 hours is actually, a real, I think it might be the best result with the exception of the Surface Book um, that used Skylake because it had an external battery, like it had a battery in the tablet and then a battery in the keyboard. I think that might be the largest, the longest battery life test we've had on a, on a notebook hmm. here actually. So, um, it's, it's impressive stuff. I would encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, and, uh, I don't know what I'm looking forward to do that. I actually have, I just got in the Lenovo yoga nine ten that uses Cabby Lake as well. So oh. we'll have another, uh, opportunity to kind of see what, what that does, uh, does for us. Uh, we don't have any ads this week, which is a shame because it's prime Black Friday marketing yeah. spot right here. Uh, Josh, you have anything you want to advertise or sell us real fast? No. Hmm. Missed opportunity. Jeremy? You have any? Oh, Jeremy's got something. Rasputin. Imperial Russian Porter. All right. <clears throat> Made by North crazy. Coast Brewing Company. It is a delicious, wonderful Imperial Porter. Does it make you run around nope. the city naked trying to have sex with random women in the streets of Russia? Well, at 9%, it may well do. <laughs> okay, I get it. Okay, good. Okay, that's a good I also point that out that my upstairs neighbor bought a shoot you, then cut off parts, then stab you a few times, throw you into a river. You know. Yeah. No, that's a special KGB version that I can't get yet. It just came out again about oh, a month ago. Man. Uh, all right. Well, since there's nothing to advertise, let's talk about a couple of news stories. We'll get into a handful of Q&A uh, questions we had sent in. Uh, where was I last week? New York City. Um, New York City. Qualcomm uh, New York had City. a tech day, and they announced the Snapdragon 835. So they announced the name of it for the first thing. Everybody thought it was called, called the Snapdragon 830. Uh, and they also announced... What? Ha ha. Tricked you again. Um, they announced that it was going to be built on Samsung's 10, nan- 10 nanometer FinFET process tech. Uh, and it is, I think it's the first processor being built on it. Uh, and, you know, this is and it's significant for a couple of reasons, right? So Qualcomm is trying to stay on the leading edge of process tech. They want their, you know, their CPUs to be competitive uh, with all the other competition they have now from Huawei to Rockchip to MediaTek, et cetera. And obviously Samsung is super proud of the fact that their first chip being built on uh, 10 nanometer is not some, you know, TV, smart TV chip or something like that. Like it's, a, it's an important flagship part for a major organization like, like Qualcomm. Uh, they didn't get into a whole bunch of information in here, but they, they had a couple of quotes in here like uh, 
up to a 30% increase in area efficiency and 27% higher performance or up to 40% lower power consumption. That's from Samsung about the 10 nanometer process in general. Uh, Josh, did it surprise you? I need to learn that the Snapdragon 835 actually has 3.2 billion transistors in it. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot, but it's, it's, it's small as yeah. compared, especially at 10 nanometer. I mean, you know, Intel hasn't gotten there quite yet. I mean, they got their second generation of 14 nanometer, which <clears throat> is probably fairly comparable to Samsung's 10 nanometer. I mean, we're, we're talking about marketing terms here. But right. it's, uh, it's interesting that Samsung has kind of sprung to the lead in terms of processor tech and where we've previously seen, you know, Intel is, has always been kind of the gold standard. Right. And then TSMC is, is typically up second. And then we've kind of seen, you know, AMD, Global Foundries in the past, uh, you know, be fairly competitive in there. But, you know, Global Foundries have... They've, they've hit some hard times, and, and I mean, they've, they've licensed the 14-nanometer process, and they're going straight to a 7-nanometer after this. But it's pretty important that Samsung is is kind of planting a flag and saying, hey, you know what? We're the new big guy when it comes to ah, Pure Play Foundries. I almost spit everywhere on that one. Damn it. Good. I know. Pure Play <laughs> Foundries. And uh, they're they're – pushing tsmc quite hard i mean tsmc you, had a 16 nanometer process that was really kind of just an optimized 20 nanometer with finfet while right. samsung had a brand new 14 nanometer that was far closer to intel's in terms of geometries and performance do you think there's a big difference between what samsung has at 10 versus what they had at 16 14 14, 14. Probably not a huge amount, just because this is really the first iteration right. of it, and they're going to improve that like they have improved their their previous processes. And you know, I, AMD used to always talk about how they do continual imp- continual improvement, while Intel would 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 kind of put a process in place, work on the next generation, and then pop that entire thing at once instead right. of uh, putting improvements in step by step. Yeah, but I think it's a lot more cost effective to do the step by step improvements and just kind of call that a slightly different name. I mean, that's and, kind of a, you know charge your guys a little bit more for it and then charge less for the previous one. Kind of explains the fourteen nanometer plus Cabby Lake launch, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they it's we're getting to the point with process technology where it's just billions and billions of dollars to develop new. You've got to do some really interesting things with litho to get your yields and and just these geometries correctly placed. Uh, you've got so many masks; it's not even funny. And those are, you know, a couple of million per set. Uh, it's just not inexpensive to to go to these levels. And and we're we haven't even started talking about uh, EUV being put into some of these mainstream. Process nodes. We're probably going to see that here in the next two years, but they've still got some interesting issues with with EUV. So uh, Samsung being surprisingly aggressive here is a good thing, and I'm curious if Global Foundries will in fact license uh, this technology again hmm. rather than try to just weather the storm and get to their seven nanometer process. It's yeah. it's going to be an interesting couple of years. Yep. 
Should be. Um, so, and actually, the last thing I'll say in the Snapdragon 35 is that all indications are this is like a first half of 2017 release. Like, we'll, we'll probably see products announced at CES um, using the 835. So, I, I'm really interested to see what tech it adds, what the performance it adds, battery life it adds, kind of how, if that 10 nanometer really helps with power efficiency, getting us battery life, or is it just kind of, a, you know, give and take with, with new features on that type of stuff? It's always. Always interesting to see what they do on the mobile parts. Uh, our last bit of news here. I, I mentioned that Corsair launched three cases. We actually mentioned the second one here. They uh, also launched the Carbide Series 270R mid tower. This looks very familiar. Um, uh, to, to, it, it's kind of the ugly stepchild compared to the other two, unfortunately. What was the other one? The, oh, it was a 460X, a Crystal 460X. Yeah. Okay, uh, so, yeah. I think Hardware Canucks did a review of that I linked to. Okay. It's, Essentially the same thing, but a little less glass, so it's also only about $130. Gotcha. That, it's very similar to the one that uh, Sebastian did. This one, on the other hand, is a bit more metal. <laughs> so, they, they, I mean, in the description they mentioned, like, offers all of the essentials of a high-end PC case. It'll give you an idea of what it is. 270R's minimalist exterior hides expansive interior. Uh, and you can see some of the design here. Again, uh, very similar. Uh, not a lot of space below the motherboard. Not a lot of space above the motherboard. But in terms of uh, towards the, the front of the case, you do, do have room for additional water cooling capabilities and stuff like that. So I think we have one of these as well. There will be a review of it eventually up on the site. Um, Sebastian loves cases, everybody. Oh, his, yeah. his house is so insulated <laughs> he actually boxes. started taking them out of the basement and just putting them in the living room and in the bedroom for insulation yeah, yeah. it's like he doesn't need before now he doesn't need it's, the pink he's got the cases yeah yeah and yeah. this guy is going to go for about 70 bucks i think so yep very different very different chassis all right so we've got some q a we're going to get to here uh, in the email I sent out to our uh, uh, subscribers, I said, hey, if you have anything, reply. And I took a handful of uh, the replies that came back to me. And we'll go through these relatively painlessly, I think. I picked all the ones that we know the answers to already. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, Duh. just go there. Uh, an email from Johnny Fung asks, question about HEVC. It says HVAC, but I imagine it's HEVC. Playback on GPUs. Which GPUs support it, and can we get by without Kaby Lake CPUs if we are using <laughs> GPUs? Well. Um, so this is probably in result of the Netflix news that came out today or yesterday that uh, Kaby, uh, Netflix will be offering 4K streaming. On but the desktop. It, on the desktop. Which is new. Which is new. They've been streaming to embedded devices. Oh, they have. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have and they been Netflix, using HEVC? Probably oh, not yeah. then. Yeah, absolutely. All of the 4K streaming is HEVC. Amazon okay. and Netflix. I guess I'm surprised that some of those embedded devices would have HEVC decode. Well, they do because they're Sorry. 4K devices. Well, you can have yeah. 4K at H.264. It's just yeah, a higher bit Yeah, but no one's rate. doing it because you have a higher bit rate in American internet connections. Yeah, I guess. Either way, um, on the desktop, the requirements are a 7th generation core processor, Cabby Lake, uh, Windows 10 and Microsoft Edge browser. Yeah. Right. So the Cabby Lake requirement is because of HEVC decode capability. Yep. The Windows 10 requirement is because of DRM. And then the Edge requirement is because of DRM. What yep. was it? Play on DRM or something weird yeah, like that? Play on 3.0. Yeah, something like that. Which is apparently only currently supported in Edge. I can't imagine that that won't be in Chrome and Firefox soon ish. But that's Amazon's choice to do fi- that. No, it's 
Netflix. It's Netflix. Or, sorry, Netflix. It, I was just it thinking streaming stuff. Probably Firefox. No, because Firefox <laughs> usually takes a stand against that stuff. Oh, okay. Against putting in. Was DRM Netflix based. was the one that used Silverlight forever? Right. They both they did. did. Amazon did too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Amazon still might. I don't remember. I don't know. See, they jumped all these hoops to try to stop like the three people that are able to rip that stuff, regardless of what tricks they do. I honestly they still if put it on the said, underground. Could you rip a Netflix stream and there was no deer? I wouldn't know what to do. Like I wouldn't know the first step. You would I would Google it. You'd put it through a splitter and capture it with a capture card. <laughs> oh well, okay. I thought there was. I thought you were talking about like a software. No, no. I mean, most most of the like undergroundish stuff now, like they just don't care with they trying just break to hack the around HCP, stuff. Or they break HDCP. HDCP. Yeah. Split it and yeah, we yeah, have one of those. They just. I mean, <laughs> you have the output. You can go full screen. Not only that, they might not even have to use like a PC to do it. I mean, you could do it with like an Amazon, you know, whatever their dongle is, like a Fire TV. Split off of that and just record, rip the stream straight from the Fire no. TV. You know, now you're anyway, getting like we're we're getting yeah right. different different discussion. Yeah, just it's just so like, the question yeah. is, which GPU support HEVC? And it, and it's uh, <clears throat> Netflix does not list any discrete GPUs as supported there, for this. There do exist GPUs that do support HEVC. Correct. The GeForce GTX 10 series supports yeah. HEVC, and I believe. They should all do like ten bit. Polaris doesn't. Yeah, I think Polaris. I actually, actually, what I want to say is that Polaris does not, um, and that that was something that was missing. But now I'm going to Google it because I'm saying it out loud, and that's oh. and that's a bad idea. Just seems odd. So, um, the yeah. the ten series also supports the DRM they're using. Yeah, the How, play on stuff yeah. through However, Windows. However, it's not listed as an option for netflix yeah. so no one really knows if it works i guess i don't know if this is officially they, they probably just haven't yet. they probably just haven't validated it through like systems with nvidia gpus polaris does support 10-bit hvc at 4k 60 okay 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 so polaris does um so i expect that those discrete gpus will be enabled to support netflix 4k streaming and whatever else comes out um I can't imagine that the DRM side of things is hard coded enough that they wouldn't be able to fix it in software, right? Like that an NVIDIA driver update or an AMD driver yeah. update wouldn't be able to to handle it. Um, it's, it's just a, whether or not enough people complain yeah. about it and would utilize it, right? Like, yeah, a lot of people are just using. If you have 4K on your television, which is probably where it is, like on your, yeah, you it can know, very well be on your PC monitor though, or your 4K laptop. Yeah. Like a lot of laptops have, well, not some uh, laptops have 4K screens now. Sure, do they? Well, or at least they but, but, if they don't now, they will. But do you really need I, to it, play the Amazon video at 4K on the tiny laptop screen? I mean, I can. You, you pay for it, so you should yeah, be able guess, to, right? Like yeah. the content's there, you should be able to do it. Um, so I, I think the discrete GPUs will be added into that. And 10 series has it. I do not believe the 9 series did, and the Polaris does. Um, so when those get added, I don't know. It's kind of really up to Netflix at this point. And yeah. NVIDIA has a, at least has like the shield device. They have an existing relationship with Netflix in terms of like getting the app onto shield. I'd and imagine kind they of would doing, they did 4K to go there first, over Netflix probably. on shield, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. So they have, they kind of have that relationship to go like, Hey, maybe can we can bring this to three GPUs? Yeah. Uh, that might, so there, that there's might a push there at least. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here's an email from uh, Prack Ackerman. 
Uh, any news from AMD regarding the Zen project? Just seems a bit dark anymore. I figure if they were planning for a January release, CPUs would already be out in the hands of reviewers. I don't need specifics, uh, but would like to know um, if the product is getting ready to ship. Yeah. I will be very honest with you. I have heard nothing from AMD about Zen since IDF in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing about seating, nothing about uh, release plans, nothing about uh, a CES press conference well, or we release. Did, we did not move any Zen samples to the church? We did not accidentally drop any Zen processors That's true. in the move. Um, yep. So... To my knowledge, the the last I heard was that this would be something that would happen at CES. Now, it's very possible, I would say... Nay, probable. Likely that we will not have reviews on day of CES. That it will be a paper launch <laughs> that day. They send you samples kind of in sometime in January, and then we do our testing. If then. they sent us samples the week before CES, there still would not be reviews. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, no, at CMD, they'll do it the day of. Might be. <laughs> of course. Uh, but I remember them saying at that thing at IDF that there would be that there would be systems shipping at the end of 2016, and they were very vague about what that meant. Like, would they be OEM systems, like, you know, high-end Falcon Northwest, Alienware machines that would get it first. I mean, if they do that and they expect people not to buy one of those machines, have a friend at one of those places, send them a processor to do testing independently, they'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, Maybe they mean HP machines that no one will realize we're shipping with Zen until Zen is out. Maybe. Maybe. That would be funny. I don't know. It's very odd. I don't have any additional information. It wouldn't surprise me if this is like now a February, March thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, also, that's not necessarily bad. You also haven't been contacted from anyone about AM4 motherboards, right? Uh, no, correct. I have not. So, so that's definitely a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Josh, any more thoughts on the Zen side of things? Or I mean, uh, you know, you got some OEMs doing the, uh, what is it, Bristol Bridge? Bristol yeah. Ridge, yeah. Yes, and that's AM4, and so we've got basic OEM motherboards uh, with their lowest end kind of chipset uh, being shipped out to guys using the you know the older Bristol Ridge, which is Carrizo based. Um, I think we'll probably see something in January. Um, I don't believe we're going to see anything in December. I know that they were hoping to, and they're really trying to kind of push out a couple of really high-end, expensive, low-number uh, yeah. type parts. But I just don't think that that's going to happen. So, you know, yeah. end of January, we'll probably see something. Whether mm-hmm. or not it'll be widely available is another question. And you could be right. It could be could be a March type thing. Yeah, But uh, I think... This is a cop-out, but we'll definitely see more in January, yeah. and we'll know some concrete dates to what they're doing. I, I think it's for AMD, it's more important for them to get this right than to get it out in 2016, right? Like, if, even if they made the claim, oh, we'd have something, make, make if for investors, make something up about, oh, we shipped some parts to HP early, but they didn't ship systems until late January or something like that, right? Make up an excuse for it. Yeah, it's nobody a, wants another, what, uh, B3 Phenom yeah, type but, launch. But even from B2, a, like yeah. the hardware's baked, like the hardware's done. Um, get like get the testing, get the firmware right, get your messaging right, get your story correct, get your pricing correct, and then go out. Don't. My fear is that they will come out try to swing at Broadwell E 
they'll fail miserably, oh. fall on their face, and then everybody laughs at them. Right, like the kid, the playground. Then they'll target Skylake, and then Cabby Lake will come out. Right, right, right. And, and well, fair enough. That's a better target than Broadwell E. It is, it is. But like really? their 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 target at that IDF event was Broadwell E. Like they compared it to a an eight core Broadwell E processor. So I want them to set the reason the the correct expectations that they can actually be successful with it. Because we all, whether or not you care to buy an Intel pro, or an AMD processor, you want them to be successful. With this launch, uh, we got an email from Jonathan Fessenmeyer. HDR has become the next big thing. Actually, I added that in. Uh, HDR has become the big thing in TVs recently. Ultra HD Blu-ray streaming on Netflix and Amazon, and games through the Xbox One S and PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Uh, Jonathan has a 65-inch LG OLED and HDR content looks noticeably better than non-HDR content. Do you have any idea when or if HDR will start getting supported? On the PC, sort of buying some games on console instead of PC because I'd rather have HDR than better resolution and frame rate, but would love to not have to make that compromise. Thanks for any info you might have. I think I saw one game mention HDR yeah. support recently, but I forget what it was. It was like a smaller title. I think the the biggest hurdle right now is that HDR monitors are not yeah, but HDR TVs things. Exist. Yes, yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, but like, from a P- if you're a PC game developer, what percentage of people are playing on TVs, and then what percentage of those people are playing on HDR enabled TVs? I think what you need to see is like a couple of good monitors come out that are like 500 bucks or something like that. Yep, you know, that offer HDR, even if it's not the best implementation of HDR, to really spur that on. If the game developers are making that stuff and shipping it on consoles today, there's no technical hurdle to prevent them from doing it on the PC. Right? Uh, there's two there's well, two they have to there, deal with two vendors now. There's some implementation stuff that I think needs to be refined a little bit for on the PC side. Like, like color what? space stuff. Yeah, but I mean the same thing exists on the console. The console Xbox the console, One and PS4 are PCs. They're AMD Radeon, if you look sure. at the JPR uh, metrics. PCs, but the OS functions differently. Not very much in Windows. Mm. On the on the Xbox One, it's using a Windows 10 base. Yeah, right. Just um, the, there's there's not stuff right now that shifts your color space when you go into an app. Like that's just not a thing yet. That's done in a lot of places to have a lot of testing behind. Right. Like think about you calibrate your display, you apply a color profile. Mm-hmm. Right. Now it's following whatever that profile is. You're going to have to have the equivalent of that, but something that will switch to a different profile when you run a game or do whatever. And I know that there is color management stuff in Windows. It's just that it hasn't really been tested for that kind of a thing that much yet because it's not a thing yet. But I mean, right? Yeah. How did that exist in the console? Well, but an example of this would be Forza Horizon 3 has HDR support on the Xbox One S. What does? Forza Horizon 3. Okay. Does not have HDR support on the PC version. Right. Mm. Sure. I, I don't... I, Microsoft, I, I, of all people. Yeah, and that's Microsoft, Correct. right? And it's on both ends. So... I would I would think that this is... So both GPU vendors, AMD and NVIDIA, have, have talked about HDR, and they've also talked about helping developers implement hdr yeah so that it is something that has to be done in like on a per gpu basis it doesn't sound like it's something that windows does or will necessarily handle on its own completely right that it may be something that is this a an exclusive full full screen only feature probably it will be i mean i guess i mean you just have to if the gpu vendor if the driver is kind of responsible for adjusting color space yeah but it just becomes more of a complicated thing like especially even with calibration 
right? Like if you get an HDR, if you had an HDR television and you were running it in HDR mode, like you were running it 444 or whatever you had, whatever port you had to connect to or whatever, all the little bells and whistles and switches you had to flip to like make everything work, yep. right? To put it in UHD, HDR, like your set at home, yep. right? If you calibrated that set, like you would get rid of all the HDR. You would not be HDR anymore. Because the calibration is towards well, a different the, the color calibra- space. The calibration would pull you back to the regular color space that you were going for. And if you calibrated it to the wider color space, all of your colors would all be super blown out and saturated more so than they were supposed to be. When you're not in an HDR yeah. application. Yeah, they would be Correct. blown out all the time, right? Yeah, like I, red would be like super deep red, which, you know. I don't think it works how you think it does, Alan. I think it's – I think the TV is handling that. If you put, if you go, I've looked into this a lot because I've considered doing it from my home because the only thing I have driving my television is a PC at my house, right? So, and that's my holdback to getting, to going HDR is because. I think it's part of the HDCP handshake that it turns on HDR. Sure. Yeah. It'll turn it on. Yeah. But my point is that if it's, once it's on, now your PC is connected to the display and HDR mode is on, right? Well, it's no, on all the time. HDR mode is only on when a supported application triggers. Yeah, when you send it to HDR, HDR mode won't be data. triggered on on your desktop. I, I, so if you're playing around with your Huey or your Spider, so it's that, probably not HDR so, supported, so, then so it's not going to calibrate it. So then you're saying that if you hook the Windows PC up to the television and you put it in all of the modes that it's supposed Just to be in. Just putting in the mode allows it to negotiate the handshake. It doesn't force it into HDR mode. It has It's a two-way communication right, right, yeah. protocol. But then that means you can't ever get it into the if, mode. If you, if you I, play back an application that asks for an HDR color space, then the TV would might switch to it. Yeah. Right. That, that's okay. my thing about like huh. if it's a game, it might have to be an exclusive full screen thing where it says, OK, ev- like full yeah. screen HDR color space. Yeah. Put me in that now. Uh, 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 when I exit out of it, I'm not in it anymore. A way sure. To try this would be maybe uh, YouTube. Oh, so don't try it with UWP then. Uh, well, yeah. Mark's all uh, figured it's out. It could screen. be the Forza yeah. 3 thing. <laughs> e- e- uh, YouTube launched 4K HDR content recently. So okay. very. So they that wouldn't would do it unless there was something oh, okay. that could play it, maybe? Well, See, then they like, might. Then, yeah, then it's I like... I know it, it worked over my Chromecast Ultra from my computer to my TV, but that's another thing. And it actually yeah, changed, yeah, like, uh, changed mode? Like, the screen did something and you could tell uh, it was a different color space? Like, well, my TV doesn't particularly tell you when it changed to HDR mode, but oh. you can tell. Oh, you can? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Interesting. It's, like, so weird. It's very complicated. Um... The question from Jonathan again about when we see that in games, I think it'll be relatively soon. Uh, and I think obviously the debates we're having here shows that there's a lack of education about what it actually means to go into that mode and how yeah. complicated it is. Uh, I think it's going we'll to kind of come I'll hand in hand. I'll figure out some more stuff first week in January. I think it's going to go hand in hand with like potentially OLED uh, computer displays. Like they're, desktop, I mean, they're independent technologies, but there no, could be it, some overlap. OLED is much easier to get you to HDR because, uh, like, it's just... I mean, I, the OLED set, like, at least the OLED TVs, yeah. are kind of not ideal for HDR because they're not as bright yeah. as you'd want. But the HDR, mm. but they make it up on the black levels a little bit. Yep. So technically, you can't do variable an, an refresh. LCD, an LCD an set right now is, in theory, the best OLED because you can get... The, the brighter, the better, the best HDR, yeah. Yeah. not the best yeah. OLED. Yeah. And the HDR sets have like even brighter backlights than yeah. normal. And some and some HDR sets don't have 
as bright a backlight so they're actually bad in the HDR spec. They'll market mm. them as HDR ready but not have the bright yeah. backlight that you really See, need. See, I hate, I hate all of this. Uh-huh. It sucks. Like, See, I, I just like, want somebody – I need somebody like Robert Heron to come tell me that's the one that does it right. And go, yes, I will buy that one. Yeah. And it's, it was the same thing when 4K was first coming out, right? Like my, like my TV. I mean, you know, it watched, was like, well, what firmware do you have? Like, Robert, Robert did Robert did like a couple of videos in a series like recently, like within the past few months, where he was sitting down uh, with uh, Scott, Scott the other guy, Wilkinson. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were both Wilson sitting down guy. and they were calibrating an HDR set, mm-hmm. right? And it was like so many variables, even yeah, for it that. Sounds awful for especially the. the I just want to turn it on. Well, especially adding the HDR thing. You have to consider, okay, well, what brightness do you want to calibrate it for? Like, what are you going to be, what's going to be comfortable for you sitting and just watching your set? Like, in my living room, my living room is typically very dark. Like, I usually, in a cave. I usually bring, like, my brightness way down mm-hmm. on my television, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, it's sitting at, like, two out of 30 on That's my set. Low. You know, it's pretty low. But, but if I don't, but if I, if I raise it higher, like, I would see the black, the, like, the backlight bleed through all right. on all the blacks. Yeah. Since the room's dark, right? All right. Uh, we have one I more. I just want to know when Sulu's bringing back our more yellow pixels again. Ah, uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of was, something ready anyway. Oh, uh, before we get to our last, <laughs> our last question, I have two patron call-outs here. Malcontent Matt edited their pledge from $5 to $6.66. So there's that. Thank you very much. Uh, and Jeremy Peterson edited their pledge. Wait a minute. He edited it down. Don't read it. Oh, Jeremy. Jeremy. He said you'd read it. I didn't do it. Jeremy Peterson. He edited it down. Did you say up or down? Mm. No, I I guess I don't know for sure. Mm. But Jeremy Peterson. There you go. I said his name out loud. Three times. Now it's Beetlejuice. (laughs) All right. uh, Our last question uh, from Kevin Ash. Here's a question for tonight's podcast. Where the heck are the Samsung 960 Evo SSDs? No one seems to have a definite answer with rumors ranging from any day now to January. Yeah, I would imagine any place that it did show up for order blew through them so dang fast that like That's not that's not an excuse for Samsung. And actually no, I would I say it, I would say they caught on fire, they've uh, gotta put it out. They're and on a sell boat them from again. Korea. I would like, say you know, first of all, they're very tiny. You can fly them over. Uh it's true. You're not allowed to fly Samsungs anymore. Yeah, yeah. Samsungs are not allowed. It's, it's to gone to over on the boat. Are on fire. <laughs> Sale. So uh, the 960 Pro. Uh, the Pro you can find. Oh, that's right. We said Evo, didn't we? Yeah, the Evo it's not even listed on here. Now realize, okay. like we got the Evo review samples like three days before the review posted. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm like, just saying, like, so when even the people that sample us don't. Get them till the last second. That just means like that they're just coming. I guess out, right. Samsung does this every SSD release. No, they, they're not this they bad. They don't. No, no, they don't tell you when it's going to be available. Sure, and that sucks. Yeah. Intel tells you when it's going to be available, right? Just like if it's is it two weeks? Good. Tell me. Is it a month and a half? Tell us, right? Because what's the point of having a review go up for a product that somebody really wants to buy and they can't? Yeah. I think they just kind of really like become available as they show up to the retailers, like at this point, because no. the product's launched. But the, there's, yeah, they, they know, they like their product people know, three weeks, and then mm-hmm. launch it with actual. But volume. even if they can't do that, even if they I don't want to, like they they don't think they can actually hold their vendors back from selling it early, and they want to prevent that, like they know when stuff's going to hit the channel. It's yeah. not like Newegg gets them in, puts them in the back corner of the warehouse and says, we'll get to them when we get to them. We'll list them when we do it. <laughs> right? Are they all in Manhattan? Yeah, they all, yeah. 
All right. It's like the camera shops. Uh, yeah. They're they right know, next to B&H, right? They, like they know when they're coming in. They know when they're going to get to Newegg and they know when they're going to be listed. So just say that um, because I don't see anything listed anywhere. And I agree that it sucks. That it's been yeah. out for a week and you don't All even know it's when you're going to release on Newegg. Does even. it give you a date though? No, just pre-release. Yeah. See, that's shitty. I don't, yeah. I don't like it. I don't, so no, the answer, Kevin, is I have no idea. And Alan's answer could be I, I, any day now to January. I don't I don't know. I think they would be pretty foolish to not make like Christmas shopping with this, yeah. but they're coming up brand damn close to Black Friday already. So I don't think they're going to make Black Friday. I don't think they're going to make Black this. Friday. All the people, all of the dozens of emails I got pitching me Christmas uh, holiday shopping guides, yeah, started pitching me in like August. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're missing you're missing holiday shopping if you're not in there already. Uh, so there's yep. that. I don't think anybody in the chat had anything else specific to ask about or to say about that. Um, all right. Uh, hardware software picks of the week. Oh, I left my pick. Where is it? Can we get my pick off of my desk? No. Oh, Ken. Can we? Come on, Ken. It's so much You're further away Ken. now. Actually, my desk is closer to you than it used to be. It's true. But this is further away. And I thought away you'd be complaining about the uh, NES Classic and the whole reselling. Man, screw crap. that. Whole, no, screw that. whole ish. Oh no! He's, he's, I thought you were going to pick that, so I went with another. Blocking the screen. Looks like a giant camera. That's a big. That's a big phone. This is a. This is a phone. That's a phablet. So this is a seven plus. Uh huh. This is the Lenovo Fab Two Pro. Because they wanted to be bigger, and it's. Like, not even just a little bit bigger. Like, it's a lot bigger. And your iPhone's you know, in the case. You know, I think five years ago, <laughs> I remember you got one of your first tablets. Yeah. And I said, hold it up to your ear like it's a phone. And you, yeah, you that's, did. That's totally like a tablet. And now, now. it's the same freaking <laughs> It's the same thing. Close. No, it's a phablet. So yeah. this is uh, the Lenovo Fab 2 Pro. This is the first device shipping with uh, Google Tango support. Yep. Tango being their... Um, uh, a three-dimensional like 3D space camera technology, augmented reality capabilities, whatever. Um, from a hardware perspective, it's a Snapdragon 652 processor, so it's not even like a flagship 820 or whatever. Um, Android 6.1, uh, I think. It's a 6.4-inch quad HD display. If you think about that, that's, that's more than half of Ken's laptop. Yeah. What is it? Is that a 10 and 10.1? Uh, 11. 11. So even if it is, it's still this, – this is – this would be 12.8 <laughs> on uh, – so this is like about half of my it's – more, it's more than half of this uh, pixel width on this device. Uh, four gigs of system memory, 64 gigs of storage, and a 4,000 milliamp hour battery in this big boy you know it's got that screen to drive it has a huge screen to drive um and the the 3d stuff is interesting i've only tried a couple of things thus far uh the most interesting is the dinosaurs among us kind of thing because it it works the best right now and i will say after playing around with it it's so what i can't show it to you on the on the podcast but what it basically does is you you point it, it it reads visual space right with depth cameras yep and you point it at a point on the floor. Actually, look, there's my dinosaur friend right there, Alan. Can you see him? Yeah, like that's the thing I was impressed with. Like, you, if you're looking at, so he's looking at a dinosaur that's superimposed on the screen, like it's AR, basically right. dinosaur sitting there. But there's like some stuff on the floor right here, and the feet of the dinosaur are staying firmly like 
you know, they don't shift around and right. offset funny as if it was trying to figure out the room but didn't yep. quite get it, right? It's basically like it's, flying it's, up guys it's doing it very, here. very well was, was what I was is. impressed about. Um, you know, there's no kind of funky, like cheesy, you know, other than the fact that dinosaur is like super low polygon count. <laughs> it is a super low poly count. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what's cheesy about it. But, uh, you know, as I'm far trying as... to find the picture you posted in Slack so I can uh, share it with them. Yeah. Because it did go through the ceiling. No, did it? I don't think the it did. The tall one did go through the ceiling. Yeah, it might have. Well, you can make them larger, so it probably yeah. would go through the ceiling. Um, the other apps on it are uh, the ones I, I've downloaded. Is there something called Ghostly Mansion, which is a game where you walk around in your own space and there's a virtual space? Now, it doesn't. it's not a great thing because it, it's not using augmented reality all, at all. It's just using your ability to walk. So if you were in, a, in this room, it's great. Yeah, because you can walk around this this whole room and find things, and there's some crappy puzzles or whatever. But uh, if you're in a small space, you can't walk very far, and so you have this button where you like reset your view, where it, like recenters you, so you can still walk forward even if you can't walk forward in real life. Sure. Uh, and then there's things like the Lowe's Vision, where you know it's supposed to be able to measure your space, and you can put a piece of furniture in it and see what it would look like there to to hundred to real scale or and buy all that. carpet or buy carpet with it. No, mm-hmm. not really. Any just straight up 3D scanning apps? Not that I've seen yet, but there, there's probably. I mean, to be fair, it there are a bunch that I haven't it, downloaded uh, for it yet. Uh, you know, there's some games. Wayfair has an app on it for you to do it. There's a Hot Wheels game, uh, Lowe's Vision. What else do we have in here? Domino World, Measure by Google, which is just allows you to measure physical spaces through it. Yeah, that's what you're measuring, all right. Yeah, yeah. So Google correct. Uh, and um, so it's interesting. It's $499. I'm not telling anybody to buy it yet. Um, I think... I mean, the uh, hardware is, should be pretty impressive, and the battery is, like, enormous in that thing. Yeah, right? and it, I will say, when doing, like, the dinosaurs thing for 20 minutes, the phone got pretty warm. I would imagine. From doing it, right? So it's, it's doing 3D rendering, and it's also doing all the AR stuff and camera work in the background. Yeah. I, I'm very curious to see what this, what this turns into. I feel like it might be too late. Yeah. We've been talking about this for a long time. I mean, I saw what they what I thought was going to be final production stuff of this in March at Mobile World Congress, um, where they did a really cool demo with it, where like you take this to a uh, museum and you have a virtual tour on it, and it walks you through the space. So like when you have your phone up, it like points you along the floor like to a particular you know object hmm. in the museum, and as you hold it up, it points out specific things about the painting or the sculpture or whatever it is. So you know, they're, they're, they're interesting applications of it. But um, yeah. cool. So, all right. Uh, let me open up what else we got here. Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, this weekend, what in the hell were you smoking? Uh, so, <laughs> Myonix have released a brand new Nanos QG gaming mouse. Right. With biometrics. It has a biometric scanner embedded in this thing, okay. which will keep track of your heartbeat while you are playing a game. I can't believe this hasn't been a thing for years. To, to what end? With you. So that you can have your heart rate monitored while you are playing a game. When I use a mouse... It will also do galvanic skin response, so it will also <laughs> know how much you're sweating. When I use a mouse, no part of my hand sits on that part of the mouse. What? Well... I don't like completely cut cup the whole arc of the mouse. Oh no, you've like, got to do a full cup here. Why yeah. do you got to get excited arching. about it? 
That's uh, that's just not like you know. I know it's. I, I saw this and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? You know, fingertip yeah. mousing. Like it, that uh, part of your hand is not touching the mouse right now yeah, that you're is. using. It is. Yeah. Well, then you got small hands, Trump. Yeah, because <laughs> me oh, no, snap. there's nothing touching there. <laughs> yes, it has logging capability, uh, Chris. It it actually will upload to a website, so you can track your. Oh, great. Heart what could possibly go wrong? Wait, so your mouse is going to be part of the botnet now? Sure. Well, and, of course, that was the immediate first comment was, oh, well, now your insurance is mm. going to be void because they know you've got a bad heart rate. Yeah, because your insurance company is monitoring your gaming stats. I just, every once in a while, you run into something that somebody slaps onto a device and says, oh, this is brilliant. I'm like, and they paid you for this? To, yes, let's put biometric sensors on it. So that we can now be watching a Counter-Strike tournament and seeing who's stressed or not. It, it, it can also track your uh, step count for the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it will, it, it'll count your clicks per minute. You have not walked anywhere while using this mouse. <laughs> but you have done 100,000 clicks yeah. in, in the space of 100 minutes, which is pretty damn impressive. Good. You know. It's just, yeah. I Didn't you I ever watch Aliens? But they have the monitor and stuff for all the Marines going through. And, yeah, it makes a little, uh, oh, wait. No, and that's suddenly you're playing, you know, five-man Counter-Strike, and, and suddenly three guys, they go flatline. Good Lord, the sniper's flatline. Oh, measuring the carpet. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's hard because it's over here. But it measured 1.5 meters by 1.5 meters, by or 1.5 by 34 centimeters. Well, do you know how long? I just that? measured, no, I, I just oh. measured this weird section of it because I couldn't, the table was in the way I could measure it. Anyway, sorry. What are you measuring? That's one point three meters. One point five meters, Jeremy. That's all we need to worry about. Yep. All right. It's not about it's the girth. The girth that matters. <sighs> so yeah, that's my anti pick. Is just stop throwing random crap into random all right, crap. All right. Just Josh. Okay. What do you got? So previously this week, yes, this is at twenty five cents a gig. Oh, is it not anymore? NVMe. It's not anymore. Oh, they, okay. they jacked it a little bit back up in price. It's not two twenty nine. It's 179. So what are we looking but at? It's the Intel P600. 600P. 600P. 600P, sure. NVMe, PCI 3.0. 512 gig. Mm-hmm. For $173, so that's 33 cents a gig. So you're saying it was down to 25 cents a gig? It was. Yes, earlier yeah, yeah, this week. Was. And you know what? I wouldn't doubt it. It was $128? It was $130? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Watch it on Black Friday. I'm, I suspect Watch it's great. Right. Um, Watch it. Awesome. Do that again at least. Yeah. Huh. I mean, the, the big deal about that one is the is the cost huh. per gig, right? It's not, you know, in some ways it's actually performs more like SATA, like a SATA SSD in some of our new testing and stuff. The one but, terabyte is still at $0.28 cents a gig. Yeah. It's pretty good. $289 for one terabyte. It's pretty good. I like it. It's not the best performing drive I've ever no, seen. But, but, it is, but it is good. Still an NVMe, you know, like super um, low latent. My only real beef with SSD. it is it, it, it gets unhappy if you do sustained writing to it. Mm-hmm. But that becomes less of an issue with the higher capacity models, right? Half a sure. terabyte and a terabyte, like you're not going to write enough to it in a row fast enough to fill the cache. So you don't have to Because the cache is bigger on those models. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's bigger. Not only is the cache bigger, but oh, the TLC, M2. like the TLC write speed, even when it does go slow, like that speed is faster as well because you have more dies to spread the, the writes over in the higher capacity model. So it's harder to overfill the cache. 
Right. Like it's harder to be writing to it fast enough in the first place to go faster than, gotcha. you know, what it can empty the cache speed at. Right. Anyway. Uh, What's your pick, Al? Uh, and so, I, and this, is, this is cheating, but go what? ahead. Why is it cheating? Well, I'm just. I'm, it's on so, Steam. Sounds like you've picked it many times. I haven't picked this on. I haven't picked this ever. Oh, this one. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong game. Yeah. That's uh, Eve Valkyrie is on Steam. Uh, so meaning you can use it with HTC Vive. This is the v- VR game that launched with the Oculus Rift. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. That's taken, in my opinion, entirely too long to finally come over to the other platform. I'm recommending it now, not so that you can buy it now because it's like 60 bucks, Ooh. but I'm hoping that maybe some kind of Black Friday thing might happen in conjunction with Have them. Have you just not heard of Cyber Monday, dog? Black or Friday Cyber, doesn't happen on the internet. Either one, but just... Keep an eye on it. If it's something you're waiting for, maybe, hopefully, during one of those sale days. Maybe you'll get uh, lucky on Cyber Monday. Maybe. Because I thought it was I very don't cool. I know what I think about this game. I've played it's not it. not worth 60 bucks. Yeah, I don't think it's worth 60 bucks either. And that's, like, I'm, like, long time, like, a decade almost. But it's not an online player. It's, it's in the universe. It has that. ships from Yeah, Eve. all the yes. assets are it's from that game. It's not a VR spreadsheet. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not spreadsheets in VR. Thank God. <laughs> you don't need a. You don't need a 4K monitor. You can just have wraparound spreadsheets. Uh, what do you think I do at yeah. home? Oh, so many spreadsheets. The only. I just. I just wish the resolution was higher on the Vive. That could yeah, be, that's true. That could be a very in practical a spreadsheet thing. where you have a bunch of vertical and horizontal. Well, I just, thin black lines. I mean, that's I, probably not great. Well, it's because a screen door. I, a screen door I did. Screen I did door. use. A, I forget which app it was specifically, but there's a few apps for you know on Steam that let you like do actual curved like wraparound desktops of your. Of your choice in size, yeah, right. But yeah, I sure. have to, but I have to keep making the thing so dang large that I like hurt my neck because I have to like pan around so much to make full use of. The yeah, space that that's I want. like I thought. Doesn't sound that great because you know you just need more resolution. That's you know if it was higher res, I think uh, that'd be pretty awesome. Well, yeah, higher res, correct. Yeah, yeah. L- text is not a. Uh, it's extremely a difficult strong to- point of current <laughs> VR. <implementation. laughs> it really is bad. It's it's really. And I, really, I have very a Pixel, bad. a Google Pixel. Actually, I should talk about that some here, but we'll do it next week. A Google Pixel in one of the View things. Yeah. And I I messed around with it for a little bit, and I'm like, trying to read text. Man, mobile VR, less powerful GPUs, trying to run essentially the same resolution <sighs> type yeah. stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And I still need really need to try uh, Google Earth. Yeah. 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 That just came out. Yeah. Too. I mean, apparently it's going to disappoint you a bit because it's no higher definition than what you're getting. Oh, than what they already have. Yeah. Same Earth. data set. Yeah. Yeah. But still. But you're just, yeah, I don't care. You're flying around. It. I don't care. I'm just flying around the Earth. Like, oh, yeah. look, it's a like Superman. Superman. You got to put it on your cape first. Just like set up your couch in your living room so you can like lay down while you're... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Get a fan a blowing pick. in. Yeah. Oh, Ken has a pick. Yeah. I, I, what? I didn't see it on my rundown, but okay. Mm, weird. Uh, Let's hear it, Ken. Titanfall 2. Oh, right. We talked did, about this Did you try it? What's that? It, it's a first-person shooter, Jeremy. Well, yeah. And oh, it I've has it. an amazing campaign. It is, is way it better than it has any right to be. It's it's like Half-Life 2-ish. It's, it actually feels like more like a Valve game. Is it a, is it a single-wear campaign? Uh-huh. It's it's finally. It's, it's only like six to eight hours long, maybe. But the game has been on sale for about thirty bucks on most platforms recently. Yeah, poor Titanfall two launched against uh, Call of Duty and Battlefield. Yeah, they sent it out to die, which is a shame because it's really a pretty Who, wait, good game. Who, EA made it. Yeah, uh, right, and they yeah. also made Battlefield. Yeah. And, or published well, Battlefield. So, well, there were a couple of things because I never actually bothered to play even the full uh, free 
thing that I got from Origin. The, ti- uh, the original Titanfall? It was, yeah, okay, I'm doing parkour and occasionally I get a mech, but yeah, whatever. I thought it was okay. Is that only through Origin right now? I don't, I would assume. But no, I, th- I assume so. But the other thing is that they've promised, like I mean, flat out promised several times. Yeah. They aren't going to charge for any of the DLC coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Which sort of caught my attention because, like, wait, yay? You, are you yeah. drunk? Uh, I think they just really realized their competition they were going against at that launch yeah. window. They they desperately wanted to get it out before Christmas, but they couldn't yeah. get it out early earlier than they yeah. did. But you really liked it. Yeah, I just finished the campaign this weekend. I, I bought it this weekend as well and just, like, played complete through it there over is. the weekend. Oh. I haven't tried any multiplayer yet, but... I mean, for sixty bucks, maybe not as good of a value, but for the thirty-five I paid for it. Yeah, I've seen it on sale uh, both on PC and. Yeah. and uh, I actually uh, ended up playing it on Xbox the, One because that's where I found it on sale. The guy the in the suit in the ad looks yeah. sort of Half-Life to it, actually. Gordon Freeman-ish. It's not Gordon. The other guy, the, the who's the the guy who like, to me from this angle looked like Barney Farrell. So oh Barney, <laughs> the Barney, security yeah, guard? yeah, kind of looked a Barneyish. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, huh. I guess that's it. We're going to wrap up the show, guys. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday for recording and a Wednesday for listening. I hope everybody who's in the U.S. has a good Thanksgiving. Um, oh. No. What? I had – Kelly didn't send it over to me. She wanted me to give you guys an update on her sister uh, who oh, yeah. said like – was incredibly uh, floored by the generosity of people who donated through that GoFundMe campaign. She's doing great. Um, she has her last round of chemo today. I think she had her oh, last awesome. one today. Uh, and she's been – they've been monitoring it. Everything's been going very well. Um, so she's got a couple of week off break before they have surgery and uh, we'll do radiation after that. So Kelly just wanted me to pass on that things are, are doing well f- with her and to express uh, gratitude towards our audience for uh, helping out with that uh, a couple of months ago. And I also express that. And it makes sense. We are coming upon Thanksgiving. So it makes sense. We, oh, that's great news. Yeah, it's, it's great. Everybody here that's on this show, even Ken, you know – we're all very thankful for you guys for continuing to show up and watch our show and read our website and do all that type of stuff and send snarky comments in through Patreon. Uh, it's all it's all great stuff, even though uh, we're shorting you guys out by not having a, a podcast on Wednesday and instead Sweet. on Tuesday. I mean, to be fair, most of the companies I deal with were on vacation this whole week to mm-hmm. begin with, so it's not like there was a whole lot. Are they hiring? <laughs> uh, <laughs> week? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. And apparently schools are out tomorrow here. Are they? Is that a normal yeah, thing? Yeah, out tomorrow yeah. here too. When, when I was growing up, back you, in the Stone Age. You didn't get Wednesdays off. He no. Walked, he walked you, uphill you. both ways. I didn't snow. get Wednesdays off when I was in school. More people travel further distances now for hol- for holidays like Thanksgiving. Is that blah, a real blah, statistic? Blah. I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You should work for Donald oh, no. Trump. I know what it is. <laughs> you said it. It's really up to the you TSA. S- you said it, and I was like, he said it yeah, as if it was yeah, like, yeah, 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 it was totally And then I questioned sold. it, and I was like, I should never have done that. I should yeah. never have done that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we will see you guys next week. Have a good Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. If not, happy uh, Hanukkah. Ha- happy Thursday and Friday, I guess. So that's it for us, everybody. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Helsterman. Thankful that half of the people I support are not going to be working <laughs> to No. I'm Josh Walrath, and I'm thankful 
that Ken switches away from me <laughs> as soon as he possibly can. So to take the hint. <laughs> and I'm Alan Valentano. Oh, thanks, guys. See you.